everyone. Welcome to another episode of our WA GOP report. Our special guest today is Maria Frost. She is the Director of Transportation Policy at the Washington Policy Center, uh, has done a lot of great research and published some important stories on the topics we're going to discuss today. Uh, but first and foremost, Maria, thank you very much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me, Caleb. So you've uh, written quite a few stories on the Department of Transportation and kind of some of the impacts of Governor Inslee's vaccine mandate. So I guess just jumping right into there, what have you what have you found in your in your research and what have you reported on? Yeah, so I first started writing about this a little bit um, after the Department of Transportation fired 402 essential employees many of them road crew who were not vaccinated and um, whose uh, request, you know, religious or, or medical exemption was not accommodated. Um, and, and I wrote that those firings could create unsafe winter roads. And that was based on a, a report that they had given to lawmakers, um, basically outlining just that, that due to staffing levels, they would not be able to provide the same level of service um, as they had in previous years. They did try to water it down a little bit, um, basically saying that, you know, in 2020, they had hiring freezes, which delayed their ability to hire positions in the fall. Um, and many who were approved were not permanent. They said that in 2021, there were nationwide hiring challenges and aging workforce. All of those things are true, but it's also true that the vaccine mandate exacerbated the problem they were already having. And so, you know, where normally they would have 1,500 winter operations staff, they have close to 300 fewer. Um, positions filled compared to the same period in 2019 for this winter. And as you know, I think it was a couple weeks ago, I-90 closed through Snoqualmie Pass two times in six days, in you know, less than a week. And one of those closures was really significant. It lasted about six hours. And I don't know how much of that can be attributed to, you know, the staffing issues they were already having, and how many of the staffing issues you know they had because of because they fired staff <laughs> at a critical time. Right. Um, they haven't provided that information. All I know is what the Department of Transportation has told us, which is that they cannot provide the same level of services in the past. That roads may not be plowed as frequently as years past, and some closures may last longer. And that's exactly what we experienced with the I ninety closures. And did you say it was 402 road crew staff that had been fired? It was 402 staff. 175 okay. of them were maintenance. Gotcha. So 402 total staff. And then you also said on the uh, more numbers, it was usually their winter road crew staff would be about 1,500, but right now it's down at 1,200, correct? That's correct. Wow. And uh, so... I mean, I, you you wrote a great article about the two closures in six days, and obviously that's a huge inconvenience for people living 
uh, some who live on the east side and then work in, in Bellevue or Seattle and commute across the pass or just in general, uh, freight mobility and other things, people depend upon being able to cross the mountain passes. Can you give us a historical perspective on two closures in six days before Thanksgiving? Uh, to me, uh, struck me as odd, but do you have any historical perspective on kind of what that, uh, how that compares to previous years? Yeah, so we have seen the past close in October and November in previous years, but I, I haven't seen two closures in six days. That said, you know, there, there, were, there was a closure on November 10th in 2020, also for about six hours. And then in 2019, the pass closed on October 19th for a little under an hour. And both last year's and this year's November closure had similar levels of snowfall and a similar duration for the closure. So... I think it's important to note that snow levels are not the only indicator that people should look at, which is why I really wish that Department of Transportation would address this directly and tell us what happened. What, what are the type of collisions that they were dealing with? What are the you know, spin outs, other incidents that occurred, the kinds of vehicles that were involved, how many snowplows and staff were deployed in previous years compared to this year? These are you know, pieces of information that are that are important for us to have a clear picture of what is happening with the Department of Transportation, which I imagine is a little bit of a mess right now. And that is why I have been saying that it is critical for the governor to remove the vaccine mandate to give the Department of Transportation a greater pool of applicants to choose from to hurry and get people back to work. That's what the State Parks Department is doing, right? Yeah, I was just going to ask you about that, because that that is a, a fascinating piece. So can you kind of explain that, this, what the state parks is doing um, in terms of <laughs> hiring employees? Yeah, so state parks used to contract or had an agreement with DOT to have snow park areas serviced by the Department of Transportation snowplows. Um, but because of the staffing shortage at DOT, um, they need to find their own, you know, snow plowers, and that's what they're doing. And so they are hiring state parks, which is not a cabinet agency. So they're not under the same vaccine mandate as the Department of Transportation, which is a cabinet agency. So they don't have a vaccine mandate requirement. And as a result, they're able to hire people and say, quote, proof of COVID vaccination is not required for this contract work. And and that's great. They're going to have a larger pool of applicants and may be able to hire people faster um, to fill those roles. And meanwhile, the Department of Transportation, which clearly also needs snowplowers, <laughs> um, has to, you know, can only hire those people who are vaccinated, which is a condition of employment. Yeah, I mean, I think as, a, as an outside observer, and I think as you spelled it out, since state parks is not a cabinet agency or not a cabinet level agency, that's why they're able to do this. But a, a snowplow driver is a snowplow driver. And so it's pretty, I'd say, absurd that the DOT uh, just laid off people that were unvaccinated and now state parks can hire the same people 
to do essentially the same job driving a snowplow just on different in a different avenue and not have that requirement. It seems like that's there's a double standard there and it's very, very hypocritical, especially when we need those employees to clear roads and keep the public safe as they're traveling back and forth. It's not very logical to me. Well, no, it's not. And you make a great point. And so, you know, the governor and the Department of Transportation have effectively painted themselves into a corner because with the vaccine mandate in place, yes, they fired 402 employees who chose not to be vaccinated, but there are people who, there are employees who they did accommodate, but those accommodations are temporary. Those are 60 day accommodations that have to be reviewed again in 60 days. And so those employees are basically on probation. I can't imagine that that's good for morale. You know, they may they may very well be looking for a different job. So I'm kind of curious what the numbers are, not just of those who are fired, but uh, after October 18th, but those who quit or retired or took a bunch of leave, um, you know, starting in August when that vaccine mandate was first announced, not, not to mention those who might be looking for other jobs right now because of the pressure that they're under at the Department of Transportation, those who are vaccinated, um, you know, have a, a ton of rules that they still have to abide by, right? You know, what, masks, social distancing, different types of safety measures that they still have to, to, you know, take that for some reason were not good enough accommodations for unvaccinated people. <laughs> yeah. Crazy. Well, thank you very much for, for joining us today. Thank you for all of your work and research. How can people uh, follow you more? What's the blog and the URL? Yes, yeah, so you can go to WashingtonPolicy.org, click on centers and go to transportation. And that's where you can find all of our publications and blogs on anything transportation. You can also follow me on Twitter at Maria Frost. Awesome. Well, Maria, thank you very much for your work. Thank you for holding the, our, our government accountable on this and, and fighting to get the data and as much transparency as we can so people really understand what's happening and, and helping to get that information out. And thank you for joining us today. We appreciate it. Thank you so much.